Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome to another Geek Town podcast. This week we're talking to the actor David Wayman. Uh, David played Theo in the movie Wandering Rose. Uh, if you're a regular podcast listener, you may remember we interviewed Karina, who played Rose in Wandering Rose, uh, a few weeks ago. Uh, so we talked to David a bit about the movie and uh, about his acting career so far. As ever, if you want any more news or information about... Um, movies or tv shows or any other geeky stuff come to the main website at geektown.co.uk also at the moment we've got the geek town awards running uh where you can go on vote for your favorite shows and movies for games for the last year and being with a chance to win over 300 pounds worth of goodies um so get on the website uh, and get voting here's david hope you enjoy the interview Hi, David. How's it going? I'm fine. How are you? Not too bad, thanks. Yeah. Good, good, good. Welcome to uh, the podcast. Um, I'm. Uh, it's very nice to have you on. You're on to sort of talk a bit about Wandering Rose and mm-hmm. uh, just generally your acting career so far and, and that sort of thing, really. Sure. Um, and uh, as you know, I spoke to Karina, um, who plays Rose in the movie, um, yeah. a, few we- a few weeks ago now. Um, yeah. So, uh, do you want to just uh, tell me a little bit about the film for people that didn't uh, hear that podcast? Right. Um, so, the film uh, is set up in the Scottish um, Highlands, I guess, um, and it's about a young couple that go on holiday to basically celebrate um, that they're, they're having a baby. Um, and uh, Rose, played by Karina Birrell, keeps seeing this ghostly apparition um, which scares her rather a lot, and uh, I spend a lot of the time trying to calm her down, really, and there's a bit of a mystery that unravels as a result. Cool, yeah. Uh, it's sort of a, a psychological sort of horror, really, isn't it, I, I guess? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm trying to think of a, a genre for it, really. I, I kind of want to call it a, a sort of a mystery ghost story in many ways. Yeah, but... I mean, it, it's been billed, it, it's sort of billed as a horror, but then when you actually see the trailer for it, it looks a bit more like a psychological thriller to, to me, so... Yeah, it ticks a few boxes, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, And that was all filmed up in Scotland, wasn't it? That's right, yeah. Yeah, so uh, in, in the summer, by the sound, I, I seem to remember. Um, yeah, which yeah, is, so that, it, was, that would have been, um, gosh, when was the date now? It would have been September, I think, last year. Yeah, okay, that's, that's yeah. not too bad. Yeah, not not something you'd want to be doing in December in Scotland. <laughs> no, no, summer's cold enough in Scotland. Actually, <laughs> yeah. So, um, what? How did you uh, go about getting the part? 
Um, it was quite a quite a, well, a dull story, I guess. Actually, at the time, um, it was I, I saw a casting call put out on the on a website that I use um, and responded to it. Right. I almost I almost didn't go to the audition though because I, the filming dates would have clashed with another because I did another feature immediately before called Our Take, which is a sort of um, romantic comedy. Um, film about uh, an accountant pretending to be an artist right and i literally shot that um that would have been three to four weeks i guess that, that was middle of july till the end of july that i saw, shot our take right um, and i'd gone for an audition for wandering rose and had completely forgotten all about it and then suddenly on day one of our take i got the phone call that i got the job for wandering rose as well <laughs> um so it was a bit of a panic and we were trying to make dates work and so on unfortunately uh, there was flexibility on both sides and they managed to make it work out that's good yeah that that must be a bit of a nightmare because i mean i guess um yeah you don't want to as an actor you don't want to turn jobs down if you can help it you I never want to say no to anything especially if it's a script you like yeah yeah yeah, yeah so yeah. what what attracted you to the part in the first place um, because it was quite the, the way it was listed, I remember saying that there, there was a lot of um, the relationship would be realistically portrayed, like it wasn't going to be a typical, you know, horror slasher movie where there's a jock that ignores his girlfriend the whole time. It was a loving couple thing, and yeah. I really, I love, I love projects about human interaction on a on a realistic level. Um, so I, I, you know, I'm, I'm a huge fan of things where no character stereotypical. They're always complex and deep, and and there's a credibility to it. And that's what we that's what we really tried to bring to the the film in many ways, like to make it make it more of a credible relationship than a oh he's that kind of guy and she's that kind of girl. We wanted to put real characters on the screen there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now that well, that makes sense. Um, the film's out now, isn't it? Yeah, mm. I uh, it's, it's coming out in spring. Yeah. It's, oh, it's out in spring, is it? Okay, yeah. yeah. I was going to say because I've, obviously I've, I've only seen the trailer for it. So uh, right, yeah. So yeah, cool. Oh well, I look forward to seeing that. Um, what what was the other movie you said you you were doing? Um, uh, so again, immediately before Wandering Rose, I shot a romantic comedy called Our Take, um, which is yeah, it's a it's a very fun film. Um, it's about this. Well, I, I play this accountant called Alex who hates modern art and is terrible at chatting up girls and so on and lives a very simple, you know, stoic life, really. And he's got this wild friend that takes him to a art gallery opening to basically get drunk and try and make him meet some women. <laughs> and uh, his friend's always telling him, oh, you've got to lie to women, you've got to lie all the time, otherwise no one wants to go out with an accountant, mate, you're boring. <laughs> and so his friend's off pretending to be a movie producer. And uh, Alex beats a, meets a girl, falls head over heels in love with her at first sight and lies to her and says that he's an artist. And she <laughs> laps that up and enters him into an art competition and so on, um, which he hasn't got a hope of winning. Um, and so he desperately sort of tries to get into the art scene and to like modern art. And I use the term loosely because it's a little more complicated than that. Um, but ends up uh, discovering a big political plot um, that affects his, his work and so on, uh, gains a real social conscience and um, yeah, the rest is uh, a fun, a fun journey into the art world for him, with all of its all of its ups and downs. <laughs> that that does sound really fun, actually. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a terrific film, yeah. And he he develops a lot through it as well, the character. Um, when is that out yet, or is is the uh, again that's that's scheduled for release next year? They've just finished a re-edit because uh, of the the requirements of their sales deal. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh well, that that's one I'll definitely look out for because that that um, sounds quite interesting. Do you have any interest in modern art yourself? Um, yes and no. It's because it's such a broad spectrum. Yes. So um, 
Yeah, I mean, for, for that project as well, we, we did a lot of, well, naturally a lot of filming in galleries and so on. Yeah. And a lot of the artworks that we used were designed specifically for the film, which was fascinating. Because, <laughs> I mean, there, there's, there's an element of the art world, you know, I think at a, a more commercial level, where it's about churning something out nice and quickly and then justifying it later with an artistic reason. Yes. For massive commercial gain, etc. Um, whereas, you know, there, there's a deeper element where, where something does mean something from the get-go and there's some real clever pieces out there. Yeah. And that's the sort of stuff that really tickles me is, is stuff that you look at it and you go, well, that's brilliant. And then you realise more and more about it as you stare at it longer. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm, I have a, a, a sort of, um, I, you know, I, I studied design at college so uh, and and my background's in in web design now but uh, Mm -hmm. um yeah so i i've obviously been to an awful lot of art galleries going through art college and that sort of stuff so you know and it it is it is it's that um half of it can be that justification of what it's supposed to be on the little Mm -hmm. plaque that's next to it you know yeah yeah it's and uh, but as well i mean it's it's something to everyone else as well i think it's that's what's so wonderful about it is you know i was i was chatting to the director about a couple of the pieces that um were, were made for the film and there was one that i really really liked and he really really didn't and vice versa and it was yeah it was it, but it prompted discussion which is fantastic yes yeah that's that's always always good i i do like wandering around modern art galleries because some of them some of them you just look at and you think actually that's quite clever and, yeah. and then and then there's things like uh, what was the one i saw recently there's one with uh, about ten pieces of tipped over furniture, in, which I think is in the Tate at the moment, yeah. and they're literally taking a dining set and put the things on the side. And it, uh, I think Russell Howard described it as looking like toddler had broken in there and had a tantrum. <laughs> you know, um, and, and there are things like that where you think, I, yeah, I, I always get a bit jealous of things like that. I think, why can't I just put my flat on display? Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> yes, <laughs> anyone can make a mess, but I don't. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, no, it's uh, there. There are some things which I, I really just I, I don't get, and I yeah. I think they're just doing it to because they can, you know. <laughs> um, so that's that's quite a jump from from sort of a very dark um, uh, sort of horror thriller to uh, uh, from a from a comedy. Mm. Um, do you have any particular preference for comedy or drama? Uh, no, not really. Um... That's, uh, I mean, that's, that's one of the joys of working in independent film, really, is that you do so many little projects that it's very hard to get typecast in many ways because you're not seen by an audience to be that guy. Yeah. You can jump around a lot, um, which is, is fantastic, actually, yeah. So, I mean, in t- I, mean I, I really, in terms of my preference of, of the work that I like to do, I do like to do things that are very naturalistic, yeah. That's kind of my that's that's a preference, but I mean, I I find it great fun. I mean, I, I did a, a medieval buddy comedy a while back now, <laughs> which was you know it was it was pure farce though. The performance style was massively heightened. It was over the top, and but that was great fun. I love that. So I'm I, I mean I'm equally comfortable really I, in terms of the preference of what I I like to hone is more of a skill to do with stuff that is realistic because that's quite a it's a tricky thing to deliver. When yeah, but a massive camera crew sat in your face. Um, <laughs> But then, yeah, on the flip side, I, I'm, I, I find doing the comedy stuff, it's, it's such a welcome break. Um, and as well, there's, there's a, a new sort of trend towards doing comedy for real, if that makes sense. So yeah, you, you do yeah. a naturalistic performance in a heightened situation, which, yeah. again, is, is terrific fun. Um, yeah, I think and it delivers great results as well, actually. I'm, but yeah, I'm a huge fan of that sort of stuff. Yeah, the, the thing, I, I think things like The Office and, and that mm. sort of stuff are, are, are that kind of... Uh, area, I guess. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I think I think it's important to be able to sympathise with every character in those yeah. instances as well. I mean, they don't have to be likable necessarily, but you've got to. It's, it's nice when you can see the reasons why someone is such a way. Yes. Yeah, and it gives them the complexities there. Yeah, yeah. Um, you've you've do uh, film, TV, and theatre. Do mm-hmm. you have a, any particular preference for for those? Um, I mean, in in terms of. Because I sort of, not, I hate to say I fell into film. I didn't. It was, it was a, a lot of actors say, oh, I just fell into it. It took a lot of hard work to, um, you know, to, to actually get things rolling. Yeah. Um, but I was initially doing a lot of theatre. And the thing that, that was irking me about it was how it's so, um, it goes, you know, it dies after a performance. Yeah. In the sense that you, you'll do the show and you'll have, you know, you'll, you'll do the show for months and months on end, you'll rehearse for ages and then you'll perform for ages and then the production's over and you never see each other again. Yeah. And maybe you'll work with the same people again on the circuit every once in a while or have a reunion every so often or stay in touch as friends. But on the flip side with a film, you know, um, you'll have the shoot and then you'll generally have another block of shooting um, and before all this, you've got meetings and table reads and so on and so forth and uh, production meetings and discussions on everything. Um, and then you get together again for generally another block of shooting or pickups or something like that. And then you're back again for ADR. Um, and then you're back again for the, you know, the, the private screening. And then you have the industry screening and then a press screening and so on. And so you're you're always seeing the same group over and over again, and then you know a year down the line you'll have the DVD launch. Yeah. And another year later you'll do some sort of bit of press for it or something, or a retrospective, and if you're lucky, conventions and so on. So you do yeah. you get to see that if, if you've made a friend in film, you can see them at work all the time, which is great. Um, whereas I think in yeah in the, in the theatre world more so it's you know the, it's a very finite. Um, Piece, well, I yeah, guess. and I, I, I guess, I, I guess with with theatre stuff as well, I, as you say, there there is a, a sort of end to it, and mm. uh, you don't have, you know, you could have gone on and done the performance of your life, but it would never have been cu- captured on anything. You know? Exactly, yeah, um, yeah, it's so, yeah, it's sad. I'm very sentimental like that. I do like things to last forever. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, but I think, yeah, that, that is the great thing about film is that you. It, it's it's always there once you've once you've done it you can always sit there and watch it yeah and remember it and i also i love geeks as well <laughs> you get a lot more you you get geeks in the theater world certainly but in the film world it is just a whole it, it's you know every set is just full up with people playing with their favorite toys <laughs> and it's great to watch them and i love technology i love kit i love cameras and all that sort of stuff yeah and um it's just it's wonderful to be able to see people enthusiastic about their little gadgets and, and things that are updating as well. Yeah. Um, you know, every so often someone will show up with a new toy or a new piece <laughs> of sound kit or a new lens or something and they'll be raving about it. And it's great to, yeah, to see that sort of energy all the time. Yeah. I mean, you see, if, if you want to, if you want to get into, into that sort of thing, you need to land yourself a decent sci-fi role. Cause, yeah. cause you know that I, I always say that if anybody offers you like, you know, superhero sci-fi role, you as an actor, you really should just take it. Cause you've, you've got a job for life then because mm-hmm. the amount of people that you see that just make money out of doing comic con circuits is yeah <laughs> you know oh, absolutely yeah yeah and uh, it's, it's wonderful to be able to step into something that's already got a fan base as well because yeah. a, a big part of you know the, the film sales thing is generating a hype about it yeah whereas if something's established and it's already got loads of people that you know readership and so on 
Yeah. It's it's lovely that that bit of work's done for you. You don't have to enthuse people. They're enthused. Yeah. Which is great. It means you can just show up and do your bit as an actor. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I mean, you know, as I say, you go, I, I'll go around sort of Comic-Con things and, and, mm. uh, and you know, you, there, there were guys there who were, who were things like, you know, one of the stormtroopers, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and is still making money and making a, a living out of going around and just chatting to people about what it was like being on set and uh, how they would like to work to uh, work with and all that sort of stuff, you know. So it's, it's great. There's a, this huge community there. That, yeah, you know, and it's worse. It's such a diverse community. It's, it's wonderful seeing people dressed up in funny costumes and so on. Yeah. Um, and but sometimes it, the costumes are better than what you'll get on the film sets. You know, like these people oh, yeah. should go into should go into wardrobe and prop design because some of them are fantastic. Well, you know, you know there is uh, the the five. I think the five hundred and first. There, mm. um, there is actually a UK based stormtrooper squadron. <laughs> Um, they, oh. And they have a Darth Vader, and there's, there's, I don't know, there's thirty or forty of them, uh, right. in, and they, they have a, they're very meticulous about the, you know, they, they, they have certified, like stormtrooper outfits. Um, you, you know, it has to be of a certain level to for you to be able to wear it as part of the group. You know, gosh. <laughs> but um, they do huge amounts of charity work, and mm. and and do, you know, they do all the comic cons and that sort of thing, and raise money. And they're a fantastic bunch of people. But yeah, you know, they, it, it, people, guys like that. As you say, you know, the, the costume design's immaculate. They've got they've got one guy that goes around as uh, um, oh, which it's um, the 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 robot guy from the I don't know how well you know Star Wars from mm, the yeah, uh, yeah yeah uh, it was um, uh, General Grievous. Right, yeah, yep. and they have a guy that has a full General Grievous outfit. Wow, with, how does that work? He's um, got to have all gaps in him and extra arms. Uh, yeah, stuff. no, it's it, he. He kind of he has a large cloak, but he actually yeah. sort of stands in the cloak, and the legs are attached to his legs, sort of over the front. That's brilliant. It's absolutely incredible, and they have two guys that um, that dress up as an attack. Yeah. Um, and so it's like, and it's amazingly detailed, like a small atta, and they wear it like a pantomime horse. Oh, it's fantastic. It's That's just ingenious. brilliant. Yeah, they're, but... they're such a great bunch of guys. Um, but yeah, you you should you should go along if you can get yourself into one of the comic cons. Go along because they're always yeah. at the uh, particularly the MCM ones, uh, they're, and they're just fantastic. Oh, they take land speeders and all sorts of things and pod, pod races and things for kids to sit in and take photos and stuff. That sounds like terrific fun. Yeah, yeah. okay, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to swan down. To one. <laughs> they are great. They're really good fun. Uh, the London ones. I'm you're London based, aren't you? Yeah. I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. Camden. Yeah, so uh, yeah, there's there's the uh, the London Comic Con when it comes around. He's definitely worth going to see. Fantastic. So, um, anyway, got slight mm. off track off track there. <laughs> Um, in terms of your theatre work, uh, mm. you, you have done uh, you, you've done sort of Shakespeare and that sort of stuff. But one did stick out to me, uh, which is, is something you've done this year: the Doris the Dragon Show. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so uh, you're doing voice. This is a puppet show, isn't it? And yeah. Are, are you are you just doing voices? Or? I'm a voiceover for it. Yeah. Okay. It was a, it was a very strange little mix because it was yeah doing. There's a there's a live theatre element with puppeteers and uh, presenter and stuff. Um, and then all the all the voices are recorded in a studio beforehand. Um, but so we, the presenter comes. De- well, came when we did the recording session. The presenter came down. who was a terrific fun guy. When um, and yeah, we just sort of bounced off each other there and basically did the show. Except he's on the other side of a booth, <laughs> and we're pretending to be all these different dragon characters and so on. It was a very it was a very surreal little gig. That actually it was <laughs> terrific fun though. Yeah. 
<laughs> that's awesome so so, so yeah they, they're doing uh, yeah that must be a nightmare if something goes wrong while they're doing the puppet show if you're all on tape <laughs> <laughs> yeah they go to lip sync back into it and go back <laughs> and crack, I guess yeah <laughs> well, good that, that's a really fun job do you do, you do much um, voiceover work I do a lot of VO yeah um, it's I, I mean it's terrific fun it all started off when I was I was a kid really and I started doing silly voices um, you know, just in the car and trying to take the mickey out of celebrities and so on. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I did, when I graduated drama school, I um, had a real interest in doing radio work and so on. So I, I got a voice agent. Um, and initially, I was funny enough, I was doing all sorts of random bits and pieces here, there and everywhere. So all different accents and impressions. And I was doing answer phone messages for people <laughs> uh, as Arnold Schwarzenegger and stuff like that. And it was... <laughs> Yeah, it was, it was terrific fun. And it's funny enough, it's, it's sort of mellowed down a bit now. And I, I now actually do more Americanized stuff, like movie trailer, in a world this summer, that sort of stuff. Um, <laughs> That's really good. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah it's, it's, I mean, it's terrific. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Because you get to do things where you're just totally disembodied, you know, that no, no one's, no one's thrown by your appearance in the voice. Yeah. Yeah. Type thing. So as long as you can deliver a character, you can sound big, small, old, young, you know, and be from anywhere in the world and absolutely, yeah, play thousands of characters. They'd never let you do on screen um, because you wouldn't have the right look for it. So it's, yeah, it's terrific to be able to do that sort of versatility. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I have a, a, um, a friend of mine who does quite a lot of the big finish um, audio Right, uh, dramas. Uh, he plays uh, Barnabas Collins in the Dark Shadows. Oh, fantastic! Um, yeah. Audio dramas. Uh, it's a guy called Andrew Collins. Mm. Um, yeah, and I, 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 uh, I always think that must be kind of such a, a good uh, gig to get because you know, say you can kind of turn up, you can do it. Nobody has to. You're not having to get kind of dressed up. Nobody has to look at you. you know? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's always very relaxed as well to be sort of in. Yeah, it's, it's a very calming atmosphere being in a soundproof booth. Um, just because it is just that ultimate piece and you've got you've got a little headphone on and the technician sort of whispering sweet nothings in your ear all the time. <laughs> and it's it's quite hypnotic actually. It's very yeah, it's a lovely way to work. Yeah. Very chilled out. Yeah. So I mean, have, have you done uh, video games? Yeah, that because I mean that's where a lot of the uh, voice actors uh, seem to sort of end up. Uh, yeah. yeah, I haven't actually. I haven't had the pleasure. I've done a couple of. I've actually done some mods um, for <laughs> various other games for um, just for because I'm, I'm massively into video games myself. Um, so I've done a few friends mods um, voiceovers for different character packs and stuff like that they've released on platforms. Uh, oh, cool. Um, so yeah, that, it's, it's terrific. I've done some um, some motion capture as well. Um, because I've, I've got a military background, so obviously everyone needs someone that can hold a rifle once in a while. Ah, uh, yes. I was going to ask you about that. You were, what, six years in the 7th Rifles? 7 Rifles, which is an Army Reserves Regiment, yeah. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, were you actually were you stationed somewhere? Or I didn't mobilise, no. It was because it was a reservist job. It's um, it, concurrently to your um, civilian career. And okay. it was, it's, it's a tricky one, because I, I'd originally had this this dream of, you know, doing a deployment whenever the acting dries up. 
Yeah. And what would what would generally happen is I'd be like, oh, that'd be brilliant. Yes, I can do this one. I'll do Operatic 15 and so on. All my mates would be signing up for it. And then I'd get a film. And <laughs> it would, yeah, and obviously that took priority for me. So it was, yeah. it was always very tricky. Um, so, yeah, it's still, uh, yeah, I never said never, but it just didn't work out. <laughs> so are you still doing that or...? Um, yeah, well, I'm still technically on the books. Yeah, um, they were, right. yeah. They, they, so every so often, especially around Christmas time, because people film less and less, I pop down there a fair bit actually. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, what was your first acting role? Oh gosh, um, I'd have to go back to my CV now. Long <laughs> <laughs> old time ago. I mean, because I was doing drama at school and at college and so on. Um, but I guess the first thing I did when I graduated would have been. Gosh, it must have been much to do about nothing. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah that, which was, it, it was a funny production, that, because it was up at, um, did it at the Dell Theatre, which is up in Stratford-upon-Avon, and it was, because uh, I'd literally just graduated drama school, I think probably the same month that I landed the job, and in the cast, because I'd done much to do about nothing while I was at drama school, playing Claudio, who's the sort of young um, volatile lover type character yeah um and i i got cast as benedict who's the um the main chap who's much more together and lyrical and witty in the yeah um when i graduated and by sheer coincidence um a, the guy that had played benedict when i'd done it at drama school was cast as claudio in the same show <laughs> um a guy called lawrence Sayward. yeah so it was a bizarre coincidence um but yeah it was terrific the whole the whole show worked out it was a nice little reunion really you know yeah yeah, quite nostalgic. I do, I do like much to do. It's a, it's a it's a great, um, really great fun um, show. I mm. saw I, I, I first time I saw it was actually with it was with Kenneth Branagh and Emma Thompson. Right, but not the film. Or? Not the film. They were playing. They were playing the Claudio and what's uh, what's Claudio's other half called in that um, the the two young lovers. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and it was yeah, yeah. it was on stage at yeah. the Rep Theatre in Birmingham, but it was in the the little studio space, right? Um, so you're you're like you know ten feet away from them, yeah, yeah. Um, and th- that was about three months before the movie came out, right? Um, uh, so I, it, that was, and so I had no real appreciation of who I was seeing really <laughs> at the time. Uh, and then, of course, the movie came out, and he's playing Benedict in the movie. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, yeah, it just it's a great that's a great production as well. The the other one is the uh, the Joss Whedon version. Have you mm. have you seen that? I haven't actually. It's on my to do list. Yeah, and he, that's brilliant. That's really really because that's all shot around his house in Los Angeles. Yeah, it looks with, fantastic. Actually, I've heard I've heard loads of good things about it. Yeah, um, with with various sort of. Uh, Weed Night alumni <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> from various projects, yep. but um, but yes, that's definitely worth catching. It's very very good. Um, what sort of got you into acting in the first place? That's a funny one. I I'd always wanted to do it. Um, yeah, I mean, I remember I was when I was a kid. I was sort of putting on little plays for my mum and stuff like that, and dressing up and running around. Um, so yeah, it was. Um, yeah, as far back as I remember, I never really wanted to do anything else. <laughs> um, and I was, you know, everyone was always so, I was so unrealistic, you never make any money as an actor and all this sort of stuff, <laughs> which is where the sort of, I mean, I, I needed another interest as well. And I did cadets and stuff at school, and that's where the military thing came in. Yeah. And that's where I started to, yeah, to, um, well, to enjoy that sort of, that lifestyle. Yeah. Um, and in the back of my mind was this little niggle of, yeah, but what if, what if, what <laughs> if? And so I applied to some drama schools and, and went to a place called East 15, um, 
and because I because I got in, I thought that's you know that's that's kind of a a bit of an indicator that I'm in with at least half a chance of doing something. Um, and I remember I remember leaving as well, thinking right, okay, that's that's probably that. Then there'll probably not be any work in it now. Um, <laughs> again, started looking towards a military career, and yeah, and then I started getting jobs, and it was it was all a very pleasant surprise, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's always nice when somebody offers you work. Yeah, it's <laughs> when, someone, when someone lets you do what you love, I think that's the because a big, I mean, Absolutely. a big part of a big part of being a jobbing actor is is getting work. It's you know, full time job is getting jobs, um, yeah. and really the, I mean, the actual work itself is kind of the the relief in many ways. <laughs> yeah. That's where yeah. they let you off the hook. Um, so it's it's fantastic to have someone enjoy watching you do what you love. That's, yeah, uh, yeah, it's, it's a real, a real privilege. Are there any actors that inspired or influenced you? Oh, hundreds, yeah, um, loads and loads. It's, it's a funny one um, because I remember well, growing up, going to the theatre and so on. I just, I, I remember absolutely falling in love with everyone's performance that I ever saw, and thinking it was, yeah, you know, everyone was wonderful all the time, and all of my favourite film stars and stuff. But and obviously, when I was a teenager, I was watching all these sort of these action movies. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, like Arnold Schwarzenegger was my hero for a long time and so on. <laughs> and, um, and nowadays I'm, I'm more inspired by people that I work with than people that I watch. Um, yeah. Because there's, it, it's just so fantastic seeing everyone's different processes and watching things. I mean, I'd always loved, yeah, I'd always loved filmmaking. I mean, the first thing that I would do when I bought a DVD is I'd, I'd watch the film first, and then I'd watch immediately the behind the scenes, no matter how long it was. I'd watch all of the bonus material yeah. because I love the process of how it all comes together and the problem solving behind it. Yeah, and you know, the performance is actually quite a big part of that. When people are trying to maneuver kit around you or deliver, get a specific result, and the process of that, um, and watching watching people at work. Is fantastic. I mean, the finished product is obviously a huge perk of it, but the yeah, the actual process, being able to watch, you know, people that are absolutely top of their game do their work and and seeing how they deliver those results and the way that they interact with other people as well. It's it's just yeah, it's wonderful. And everyone's so giving. I've never I've never worked with a selfish actor. I'm I'm starting to think they don't exist. Um, (laughs) Everyone's everyone's always been absolutely wonderful to me, and they've always been very supportive of my process and it's very nerve wracking when you walk onto a set and I mean, especially when you're not expecting it. I mean, with our take, for instance, um, <laughs> it was kind of, the project was sort of pitched to me as a little independent film, quite cute, you know, and maybe we'll do a couple of festivals and so on. So I was sort of under the impression that I'd show up on set and there'd be two blokes with a Canon 5D there and a boom op and that would be it. And there was a crew of about 60 people on the first day. <laughs> and I just remember walking in, walking past this lorry and they're putting up a 30-foot silk outside and going, goodness me, this is, this is quite big. And it's a film about my character. And it was very daunting. And I was working with lots of, lots of more experienced people. Yeah. And they were all just... No, no one assumed that I'd be okay. Um, but they, they'd all sort of were very put me right at home you know it was very comforting um yeah and it uh, that's what i really admire is when someone that's been doing it forever and doesn't have to help someone else out still does uh, yeah, yeah. They're, they're absolutely lovely wonderful people uh, yeah. yeah very giving what would you say the best piece of advice somebody has given you is uh 
there's one thing that I say to myself whenever stuff gets crazy. Um, like I had a last, well, two months ago now, um, it was very, very busy. Um, and it was lots of little jobs. It wasn't one big film that I could, you know, tell everyone I was, oh, I'm doing a big film for six weeks. It's great. Yeah. Um, but it was, you know, a little corporate video here, a short film there, you know, a VFX shot there, voiceover here. And it was all over the place. And one day, because I hate saying no to people, I ended up working a 36 hour day. And it was, you know, it was oh, knackering. So I did a, I did a short film during the day and then I did a night shoot on a fantasy film, um, which was all very VFX heavy. So it was covered in track points and it was pouring down with rain in this big lit up woodland and didn't get to sleep on that. And then the next morning I went off to do a corporate shoot, uh, in town <laughs> and I was sort of thinking, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I really was absolutely exhausted I was still, it was yeah, it's easier than soldiering, but it was still hard. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I just remember this thing, uh, one of my tutors at drama school had told me, this a guy called Michael Toomey, and he used to say it all the time, which was, don't take your foot off the pedal. <laughs> that's great. I think that's the, that's the best bit of advice I could give anyone, is, yeah, never take your foot off the pedal. Yeah, yeah. No, that, that certainly in your job, that's uh, always a good move, I think. <laughs> yeah, completely. And it's... it's, it's uh, it applies to so many things. It applies to your performance and it applies to your lifestyle um, and keeping energised. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, what do you think is the best or most interesting experience you've had while you've been acting? I would say, yeah, just, just watching um, a lot of people coming together to make projects happen. Uh, so I did this movie called After Death, or it was released as Death in the UK and in America mm. it's called After Death. Um, which was directed by Martin Gooch, and it was his first feature. And there'd always been this massive problem with the finances for it. I think at any one time, they had about three and a half grand in the bank to shoot the film on. Um, I mean, the, the budget trickled in slowly but surely while we were shooting. So every day we thought we might be going home the next day, you know, and the shoot might be cancelled. Um, but it was fantastic watching all these different people pull together. So Martin knows everyone in the film world, basically, um, and was able to call in so many different favours. And I think we went through about 12 sound recordists um, and a huge number of cinematographers. And, yeah, it was, it was a crazy, crazy shoot, but lots of different people coming together to make it happen. And that, yeah. was, that was really fascinating, was that whilst hardly anyone was a regular on the shoot, there were a lot of dailies coming and going, it felt like a big family because we were all pulling together to make sure this film happened and make it work and make it good. And that was, uh, yeah, it, it was really, it was strange in the sense that this whole whole time, it was a strange script anyway, it's quite a, quite an esoteric film. Um, I, weirdly, I, I know of Martin Gooch because I, I, I reviewed Search for Simon, which okay. is one of his, uh, the, which is the um, film came out quite recently, yeah. and I interviewed Brad Moore, who played the uh, father in the flashback That's sequences. Right, yeah. I interviewed Brad last week. Right. Um, so, so I'm aware of Martin's work, and yes, it, it is kind of it, it's uh, odd, but uh, quite yeah. brilliant, some of it. You know? it's, yeah, it's fantastic. It's, it's one of those... It's not Marmite, because I think everyone likes something from it, but it's, yes. it's very, yeah, it's, it's very specific style he's got. Yeah. And yeah, I think it's fantastic. Um, but yeah, so that, that, that whole experience was very strange. Um, just because, yeah, it was a family that thought they were going to be losing each other very shortly throughout. So it was yeah. quite a, yeah, fascinating. fascinating. Yeah, that, that's that. It's been an interesting one. I, I I keep wanting to go back and uh, 
and have a look at some of the other stuff because I really like Search for Simon. It's a very sweet little film. Yeah, um, lovely. And uh, um, he's got another one. Uh, Brad was saying he's they've got another one which uh, they're supposed to be shooting next year, which has a um, much larger budget for the yeah. first time ever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, he's uh, th- that should be quite interesting. I'm really looking forward to seeing some more of his stuff. It's uh, he's a he's a really interesting director i think yeah it's just he's he's very yeah truly what independent film should be about as well it's the kind yeah. of yeah he doesn't make a film because he wants to please his investors or he wants to please distributors and sales guys he makes a film that he wants to make and that's um yeah that's very admirable yeah yeah no absolutely um i am looking forward to seeing more stuff from him it's uh, it should be really uh, really interesting what are you uh, what are you doing next uh well, I'm going to have a nice Christmas dinner and get yes. very drunk tonight. No, um, <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm in talks about a couple of projects. I've got a thing lined up called Sackbury Pitch, which is a sort of found footage horror film, um, yeah. which is terrific fun. Actually, it's all um, they, they've built up a bit of a mythology about it. Um, so I'm very much looking forward to that. Um, so we'll be starting that. I think in February now. They're still still talking about shoot dates because it's very weather dependent. Um, and then aside from that, I've had quite a few chats with people I've worked with previously about their upcoming projects. Um, nothing I'm really allowed to talk about as yet. Okay. Um, so, but fingers crossed these all come together. Um, but yeah, uh, and aside from that, I'm doing a nice little comedy short next week. Um, oh, cool. Just before Christmas. Yeah. Good. Good, good. Um, so we've got one final question, which we <laughs> always ask people, uh, which is, is there a uh, favourite TV show that you're a fan of, um, either at the moment or something from the past, or something that you'd like the opportunity to be in? Oh, wow. Um, do you know, I, I really have got into, big time, watching repeats of The Professionals on <laughs> daytime TV lately. It is absolutely a fantastic show. Brilliant. Um, yeah, I I love that show so much. I think the the interplay between the two, you know, Bodie and Doyle is absolutely fantastic. Um, obviously, the the plots are slightly far fetched, but they're still dealt with with real severity, and I I love that. I love the I love the style of it all. Awesome. Oh, that's that's one we haven't had before. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, you also, I should I should ask as well because you also said you were you were quite a big gamer. Um, mm. Are there any what what sort of games are you playing? I'm trying to play Alien Isolation at the moment. Right. <laughs> it's terrifying. It's far too scary. <laughs> Putting the controller down. Um, so that yeah, that's. Um, I mean, I've, I I play games on my PC. My Steam account at the moment has got 140 games on it. Ah. So, um, I'm a glutton for the Steam sales, especially when yeah. So I buy everything I see, and then yeah, uh, yeah. When I have quiet patches. <laughs> yeah, no, so, my my wallet hurts every time that Steam have a sale. It's, yeah, it's it's not good. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm thankfully that I I'm so embedded in uh, Dragon Age Inquisition at the moment <laughs> that um, nothing else is kind of uh, coming near and I I don't know how many hours I'm in on that so a friend of, a friend of mine bought me Dragon Age Origins recently oh yeah but I and he said play it when you've got a month off <laughs> okay so yeah I that alone at the moment but it's yeah it's sat there winking at me <laughs> those those games will just suck away your time um, but they are so in, engrossed and I mean again if you're a voice if you're into voice acting mm. if that's your thing getting into if you can get into Bioware um, 
I, I mean, because they, they reuse people over and over yeah. again on uh, on various different characters. Uh, if you can get onto their roster of characters, it's definitely. Well, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd love that opportunity. I'd love. To, I think video games. Well, they're so filmic nowadays. Yeah, it's, um, I mean, it's the same discipline really nowadays. It's yeah. Well, yeah, no, totally. And I mean, they they do motion capture on some of them as well these mm. days. So, so, so you know. Um, but yeah, the, the Dragon Age one, Dra- Dragon Age, and the the Bioware games in particular, because there's so much voiceover work. Um, I mean, the um, uh, Star Wars um, Old Republic game that had yeah. it's like the largest voiceover project ever made. So <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's actually it, it is it was one of the things that they claimed about it was there is that it's the the largest voiceover project ever made of any medium ever. So right. <laughs> so you know. Um, because it's you're you're basically taking eight different character strands, mm. um, you know whether you're starting as like Sith or um, you know a Jedi or whatever, and um, it's it's basically eight Bioware games kind of mashed into one. And then you've got all the variations of everything people can say, yeah, and the amount of characters just <laughs> ridiculous. Yeah, so, wow, that must must have been pages of script. I, yeah, must have been. Yeah. I must have been incredible. But uh, anyway, I, I shall let you get back to your Saturday. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, it's been wonderful to talk to you. No, no, um, no it's a pleasure. Have you got a Twitter account, by the way? I do, yes. Um, What's your Twitter? What am I called on it? I think I'm at David Wayman one I'm, I'm not very good at telling people what my Twitter is because I don't remember <laughs> what. Um, let me have a quick look. Yes, I am uh, at David Wayman one Okay, cool. I'll, uh, I'll, great to talk to you. Uh, if you've got anything else coming out, just drop me a line and I'll uh, and can come back on and tell me about it. Sure thing, yeah, I'll keep you up to date. All right, cool. Perfect. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Thanks so much. Cheers, David. Cheers. Bye. Bye. Bye.